You're listening to the Ignite Sessions podcast, hosted by Virginia Tech Chi Alpha. Our hope for this podcast is to encourage listeners to pursue God's kingdom and His righteousness. We hope you're blessed by today's episode. Hello, Milligan University. This is Alex speaking to you from the hospital bed, and I just want to give an update on my current status. I was just informed that it seems the worst of my injuries is my broken leg and a dislocated shoulder. I want to exhort and thank all of you all for praying for me, for the Milligan team, and for the university and institution. I just, I, I want to say that moments like this make you realize what is and is not important in your life. And my exhortation to our school tonight from Williamsburg, Virginia, is do not, do not forsake or discount the beauty and the gift of life. It is like a vapor and it flashes before our eyes. I just want to thank you all for praying for me and for the, for the Kramer family, for the Baldy family, for the cross country and track team. And I my desire that as an institution and university is that tragedy, even in as sorrowful and, and devastating as it is, that there is a beauty that can arise from ashes. That's what the scripture says in the book of Psalms. And so my exhortation, Milligan University, to you is to cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you do not know him, he wants to know you. He wants to know you. He loves you and he died for a relationship with you. And he doesn't want us to have to spend eternity apart from him. And hell, he loves us so dearly. And he wants fellowship with us. And in as tragic as this is, and in just the brief moments of me being awake, I can feel God's presence in a way I've never felt. And so the hope that I exhort you, Milligan University, in this time is that we would cling to the Lord because the scripture says that he will never let the righteous be shaken. For those of you who may not know him, but you care for us, I still thank you so much. I want to let you know, though, the most important thing for me right now is that Jesus Christ, the God of this universe, will be exalted and that every single one of us at Milligan University would have a relationship with him. God bless you all and thank you, every single one of you that's praying for this team. Have a wonderful night. And as time and ability permits, there will be updates sent. God bless you. Hey, everyone. My name is Alex Mortimer, as this video was saying. And it's weird for me, four and a half months from this event, to look back at myself in a hospital bed, not knowing what my life would look like ahead of me. On March 31st of 2022, me and several track teammates were in Williamsburg, Virginia, running a track meet at William & Mary. I went to a small private school in Northeast Tennessee called Milligan University, 1,300 students, smaller than my high school and probably most of your all's. And it was just like any other weekend 
We were going to run a race. It was a Thursday afternoon. I was running on Saturday. We had a six-hour drive. Our legs were tight, and so before dinner, we were just going to go get in a 25-minute run, and we were just going to return and shower and go to dinner just like any other day. My assistant coach that day wanted to go run with us, and she normally doesn't do that, but we always welcome her company. She was a friend to us, and she had a route planned for us in in Williamsburg, Virginia, and we thought it would be a pretty safe place to run. It wasn't even a road. It was a utility road where where vehicles would be going and doing work on the plumbing and, and sewer systems. And so we go out 12 and a half minutes, and we turn around, and we were going back to our hotel. And we're running on this road, and to be completely honest, it was so strange because there was absolutely nothing on this road to a point where that actually, it made me feel a little eerie. And I actually told one of my teammates, there was four of us running with each other. With my assistant coach, there was five. And I was like, guys, this is a little weird out here. There was not a car to be found And we were about a half of a mile from our hotel. And at the normal pace that we would run, it takes us about three to three and a half minutes to run a half of a mile. So we were close. And suddenly, and I know many of you all have had this experience, you'll hear an airplane up in the air. And you'll hear that, and it gets louder and louder as it's getting closer and closer. But it wasn't above us that I was hearing this noise. It was was behind me somewhere. And suddenly, my assistant coach was running with us. We were going too fast for her. She told us to go on ahead. We hear, car! And immediately, just where we grew up and where we go to school, when someone yells car, the immediate reaction is to get in a single file line. We were all spread across the road. And so that's what we did. We, we got into a single file line, and we got actually off the road where the road met the grass. And suddenly, this noise was getting louder and louder, and I could tell there was a car coming up on us extremely quickly. But my experience, every single time in my life until this day, in this moment, was that a car was just driving by me. Honestly, I thought it was some guy wanting to show off his hot rod that he was driving and hit down the gas pedal and make the car just speed off. And so I looked over my right shoulder expecting to see some guy with a a Mustang fly right by me. But the car wasn't beside me. It was right behind me. And the next thing that I know, I'm being lifted up into the air. And I open up my eyes and I'm laying off the road on the ground in a ditch. And I open up my eyes, and the first thought that runs through my mind is, I was just hit by a car. And I was so shocked. My my brain couldn't compute what was occurring in that moment. But then what was so strange and what was so abnormal in that moment was I, I didn't feel any pain, absolutely none. And that terrified me, actually, because I grew up watching all these hospital shows where when things like this are happening, there's organ failure or there's paralysis. And I actually was wondering, am I dying right now? Is is my body shutting down on me or am I paralyzed? 
And the thing was, is I couldn't look over to my left or my right because I was laying on my stomach. And I, I noticed when I tried moving my neck, there was some sort of weird tension in my back. And so to be honest, I didn't want to look. I, I was nervous that I would actually see a sight that I never would want to see. And I was just in that moment, you know what? I'm going to let the people who come um, with the EMS team deal with that, or I am going to take my last breath in several moments. But what I want to say is, in that moment, I felt and I heard the voice of God in a way that I have never heard before, and to be honest, since that moment. Everything in my mind was fear, 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 what is going on? But there was such peace at the same time within me that I could not explain Around this time, my assistant coach gets up to the scene of the accident, and I didn't know it, but I was knocked out for several minutes. A few of my other teammates ran over to me, and I found out that two of my teammates were also hit. One of them, it just skimmed his foot, so it just broke some metatarsals in his foot, but he was going to be okay. But there was another teammate that my teammate told me that he was not looking good, And he went on to die. And in this moment, everything in my life just was flashing before my eyes. And I've I've been a follower of Jesus for five years. And I just want to say, in that moment, it was not all the times that I walked my grandma across the street that gave me peace. Or it wasn't all the times that I said hello to a person or smiled or waved and said good job to a person that made me feel good about myself. And it actually wasn't all the horrible things that I've done in my life that made me fear. Or it wasn't all the things I regretted or wish I never had done that made me feel so terrible and wonder what was going to be the legacy of my life if I was going to be dying in moments. But it was the reality that I knew I was right with God. That I knew if I die, God is number one, he's still good. But number two, that he was going to use this in some strange way for his glory. And it was that security. It was that anchor. It was that place of peace in that moment where I was able to be outside of myself and my thoughts and actually ask God to move in the lives of my teammates who were there with me, but those individuals that I loved and my friends and my teammate who ended up to go actually be on with the Lord in heaven. The EMS team gets there several minutes later, and I'll just tell you, I don't need, I at the time, I didn't know how they got there. None of us had phones. And so in my head, I'm thinking, what are we going to do? We're we're here stranded. It was pouring down rain. It was like something in a movie, just that dreadful day. I grew up watching Scooby-Doo, and it was always like when something bad was happening, it was like pouring rain, lightning, and it was like the ultimate Scooby-Doo type of day. And this guy walks over, this EMT, and I didn't know this at the time because my brain was going crazy and I would like scream and then I would start laughing like in like seconds and apparently I was screaming like a girl um, because after the fact I was in the ambulance one of the, the EMTs asked my coach who the girl was and she was like it's, it's, this is a men's track team <laughs> and they were like no seriously but when, when they got up to me I asked them Am I going to live? And no one responded. They just looked at me. And I'm like in my head, oh, great, you know. I, actually, I, I'm actually going to die. 
And it's, it's, it's funny in a weird, twisted way to like think about that in the aftermath. But in the moment, this was real. I get to the hospital, and you all just watch this video. I go in for a surgery. I begged the EMTs. I had a dislocated shoulder to not relocate it when I was awake. And they, they finally, they, they agreed with me, and they got me up on a gurney. And I wake up from the surgery, and I don't know if you all could see, but I mean, I was very drugged when that video was taken. And my, my teammate walks in. It was the one who, he actually wasn't hit at all. And he said, hey, man, there's some, there's some people at our school praying for us. And I go, oh, awesome, like record this video and send it to him." And every week, five or ten of us would meet and we'd pray. And he makes this video, and he sends it back. And I, I was just really thankful that they could have an update because I had no idea what was going on. But I, I share all of this not just to make someone go, wow, that's crazy. But I, I share this with you to try to emphasize the necessity and the reality of all of us here in this room and being right standing with God. The veil of life and death was very thin for me in that day. And I knew in just moments I could step into eternity and everything that I had done on this earth would would have just been over like that. And I'm so thankful that God revealed himself to me and I responded And I said yes to Jesus. But the question is that all of us have to ask ourselves in this room is, are we right with Jesus? I mean, really. I grew up doing the whole church thing. I believed in God. I even specifically believed that Jesus was the only one true God. But I didn't know him. My name is Alex Mortimer. I'm glad you all had an opportunity to hear this, but if one of you all were to sit here and tell me that you all know me, I would quite honestly say you're not telling the truth. You don't know me. You you know something that had happened to me just several months ago. But how true is that statement of us with God? I mean, let's just be really honest. I grew up thinking that if I just did enough, maybe God would accept me. If I just maybe did not do this, maybe God would actually be pleased with me. I had this weird like thought in my mind that God actually was looking for me to fail, and actually he was in a weird way wanting me to actually go to hell one day. I just, I felt so distant. I knew he was there, but I felt like he was a million miles in the sky. But that's not true, guys, and I just want to say that to you. God is not out here looking for you to make a mistake and for you to fail and for you just to be thrown away for all of eternity into hell. But let me tell you, it is true though that hell is a real place. It was never created for us though. It was created for Satan and created for every other fallen angelic being that one day that's where they will be for all of eternity. But the great scheme and deception of Satan and his great plan is to take everyone that he can with him because he hates God. And the way that he can rebel and and point his finger at God is by coming at us, his prized creation. 
God made us for a relationship with him. Your purpose, everything that you have ever longed for and dreamed of is found in God. There is a hole in every single one of your hearts that is a God-sized hole that only he can fill. And we do everything to try to fill it. For some, maybe it's the party life. For some, maybe it's being a straight-A student to feel like you have worth. For some, maybe it is being the varsity football player or athlete and going on to college or maybe even the Olympics if you're good enough or go into the professional sport. For some, maybe it's being funny and just being liked and being accepted. Or maybe for others, it's being popular. But for whoever it is and whatever it is you try to fill that hole, it will never fill you. It'll always leaving you for more. It was never enough. And you have to get more to feel satisfied. You live your whole life looking at other people, trying to find your value from someone who can never give it to you. But I'm here telling you that there is someone that you can find your value in, and he's telling it to you right now. Beloved, you are loved, and you were made for a relationship with God. He came and he died on a tree, a tree that only a criminal should be on. And not only that, he was not a criminal. He was the only person to ever walk the earth that lived a perfect life, fully obedient to God, submitting himself to a holy God and allowing filthy, unrighteous men to crucify and murder him so that you in this chair could know him. He hung on that cross with you in his mind. And he longed for the moment that you would hear about his love for you and say yes to the plan that he has for you in your life. But I want to be honest. This is not fire insurance. I grew up thinking that this was getting Willy Wonka and Char- or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's golden ticket so I'm not going to hell and that I'm just good. But then I yet and lived like hell for all intents and purposes was the only reality of my life. The gospel is not a get out of hell or a jail for eternity free card. It is a I am going to give my life to Jesus card and let him be the Lord of my life. I was run over by a man who was highly intoxicated and he hit us and he ran. He lost control of that car, and as a result, someone lost their life. But when we give our life to Jesus, and we allow him to be Lord, we are allowing, and hear this metaphor, the best driver that there ever was to take the car, which is our lives, to where it was always intended to go. There's nothing that can get in the way what God has in store for you if you allow him to be God in your life. Jesus loves you. I want to read just a few scriptures to you to actually paint the reality of what this eternity is. I First, I want to talk about hell because I want to show you where God is always meant for you to be and the reality for you here and now. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 says this, but for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderer and immoral person and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That is terrifying. When I just even think about that, it makes me tremble. 
and it's sickening, and I don't even want to think about it. But that is where God has designated all people who walk in rebellion against him to be. Not because he wants you to be there, but because he is a just God. And out of his actual love for us, he's giving us the choice to choose. Are we going to love him and be with him? Are we going to be where we actually chose for ourselves? Because that's the truth, you all. We are choosing hell. But hear this description of heaven. Revelation chapter 7, verses 15 to 17 say this, For this reason they are before the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger nor, no longer, nor thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down, beat down on them, nor any heat. For the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I can't even imagine the reality of not having pain anymore in my life. Can, can any of you all? I mean, every single day I'm hearing about something horrible that has happened to another person. Every single time I turn on the news, I see what horrible disaster struck some other country or what earthquake killed many people or what tornado swept through someone's neighborhood and destroyed everything that a person could have owned. But yet here in the scripture, God is talking about a day when there is going to be no more chaos when there will be total peace restored to every aspect of life again. And that has been God's desire from the very beginning. From the very beginning, he created man to be in relationship with God, but we chose to walk in a way that was contrary to his plan for us. Immediately, there was separation from God. There was destruction that we began to see in nature. There was enmity and chaos between relationships with other people. And, and this is the one I want us to think about and key on. There is also turmoil within our thoughts for ourselves, but there will be a day when none of that is anymore, and you can have that now. The scripture says that every single person has to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, paying to an account of everything that they have done in their body, thoughts, actions, and deeds. Where do you stand with Jesus? Where do you stand with Jesus? Some of you that are sitting here right now, there's this thumping going on in your heart. It's beaten, and you're like, what the heck is this? Maybe you said, I will never be one of those Christians. I can't stand them. I can't stand this Jesus guy. But yet, here you are sitting in the Lord's sand. Let me in. Let me in. The scripture says the wind blows where it pleases, and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. And so the Lord is knocking on some of the doors of your hearts right now and saying, let me in. Let me in. I will take care of you. You can trust me. I will guide you. But then maybe there's some of you who've actually genuinely walked with God, but maybe you've gone astray from him. You've done things that you never thought you would, like Anthony said. You've done things with other people that you thought you were only going to be doing with your spouse one day. You thought you were going to be doing things that only those criminals going to jail were going to be doing, but you just didn't get caught. Or maybe your heart is just so hard you don't even care about God anymore. And you're sitting here saying to yourself, I'm not walking the way that I've been made. The Lord's saying, come home, child. Come home. And then maybe there's those of you who have walked with the Lord and you've known him and you're faithful. And God's saying, there's more. Give him more. You can trust him with everything. And so right now, I'm just wanting all of us to have a genuine come to Jesus moment. 
And I'm asking you all to be very brave and courageous. There's no judgment in this house. If you realize that you do not stand in a right relationship with God, but you want to, and you want to give your life to him, would you raise your hand? Amen. You all, that's, honestly, you all need to know this is the best decision you all will ever make. Seriously. Eternity for you is changing right now. And if there's any of you or those other category, that Christian or that believer who realizes they are not in the right place where they need to be and they've walked away from the Lord, but you realize, I, I need to come back. If you didn't raise your hand, I'm just asking you to be bold right now. Would you raise your hand? Come on. I just want to say you all are family. You all are family. The Bible says that you all are a part of the family of God, and you are our brothers and sisters. You are loved. So please know that there's absolutely no shame in, in telling and opening up literally anything to these people. You are loved and you are accepted. But I want all of you all to remember this as you all walk out the doors. Jesus loves us so much, so incredibly much, that he meets us exactly where we are at in any given moment, but he never allows us to say the same. He is going to change you for the best. I'm so excited to welcome you into my family and to all of our family here in the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignite Sessions podcast. To learn more about Virginia Tech Chi Alpha, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it using the hashtag TheIgniteSessions. We'll see you next time.